Hello there, it's Peter Mansbridge, host of The Bridge, where we reflect on the issues of the day and how they could impact you. Politics, public health, technology, they are just some of the topics you'll hear about. Cut through the clutter and tune into The Bridge, a serious XM podcast available everywhere. Personally, I'm not religious, but I know that there is a wide spectrum of belief in every faith. On one end, there are casual believers who tend to take the terms of their worship, well, casually, as metaphors. A quick recovery from an illness is a miracle. The devil is a shorthand for things that can lead us astray. Temptation or jealousy and envy. On the other end, there are radical believers, and as you may imagine, They take things much more literally. And on the furthest edges of that, you can find some improbable examples. A miracle is not merely an unexpected blessing. It is literally gold dust falling from the sky or a beloved pet rising from the dead. The devil is not a nebulous evil, but a real creature stalking the earth and terrorizing unbelievers. It is tempting to write those sorts of people off as fringe believers who attend obscure churches well away from the halls of real power. People who may believe strange things, but really, it's none of our business, it doesn't affect us, and besides, what harm are they doing? And then, before you know it, those fringe believers are working with the White House. They are building mega churches with tens of thousands of members, and they are lying down on graves to try and raise the dead. And you're wondering, how did that happen? Today, we'll talk about exactly how that happens. Rawlings, this is The Big Story. Tara Jean Stevens is the host and creator of Heaven Bent, the second season of which just launched last week on Frequency Podcast Network. Hello, Tara Jean. Thanks for having me, Jordan. Always. Uh, Your podcasts are fascinating, and I'm so excited to have you back. Now, for folks who haven't heard your story yet or season one or who didn't hear us when we spoke last time, maybe just... Tell me a little bit about your background in religion and where the stories that you're telling come from. Definitely. Well, they they all sort of stem from the Pentecostal charismatic church world. So if you've, you know, never been a part of it, but you've seen images over the years of people dancing in the aisles and and shaking and speaking in tongues that sounds like gibberish. And that's sort of the world that I was raised in. A lot of, you know, singing and dancing. And I, I did this in a tiny little Pentecostal church in Prince Rupert, which is where I grew up. Uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with Rupert, it's way up the coast, sort of remote west coast of British Columbia. And in the mid-90s, when I was a teenager, this really unusual spiritual movement that was sort of embedded deep within the Pentecostal charismatic church spread from a church in Toronto to Prince Rupert. And this movement involved uh, a lot of really wild claims. 
uh, including, you know, some of the people even in my church saying that God had miraculously given them gold teeth. And that was definitely one of the memories that I really wanted to explore when I launched Heaven Bent. And it's one of the, the I guess it's kind of like a, a climactic moment in season one of this series. And so season one starts um, with the events you just mentioned known, uh, I guess, colloquially as the Toronto Blessing. How do you get from the Toronto Blessing and what it was to season two, uh, which has the tagline, Inside America's Most Unusual Church? Where's where's the through line and, and where is this story going? Well, the Toronto Blessing, which again started in a really tiny church near the end of a runway near uh, Pearson, near the airport, uh, it was really, I mean, it was like a, a super tiny church that wound up being one of the bigger churches in Canada eventually because people came from all over the world to experience this, you know, what they claimed were supernatural experiences, even, you know, physical healings, people shaking and falling to the ground. And this movement didn't just spread to my church in Prince Rupert. It spread to churches all over the world, including Bethel Church in Redding, California, which is an interstate town in the northern part of the state. And in the case of Bethel, the leaders there, they they really took this movement and, and worked with it and eventually grew this church into what is now one of the largest churches in America. There's more than 11,000 local congregation members. And, you know, I, I've gone out on a limb and called it the most unusual church in the country as well because of the strange things that happen inside. And this is what I explore in in season two. It includes, um, you know, again, these dramatic claims of supernatural healings, people shaking and falling to the ground. Uh, but it also involves some more unusual things than that, like grave soaking is one of the things. And that's where some of the people in the congregation will lay on the graves of uh, you know, dead prophets from the church and pray that they will sort of absorb what they call an anointing and get sort of supernatural powers from laying in the graves in these cemeteries. And it's things like this that kind of, even for Christians, and I'm not a Christian anymore, but there's a lot of people that are really rubbed the wrong way by a lot of the behavior there. How unusual is that kind of stuff? Um, not necessarily... Not necessarily even compared to the typical church-going uh, upbringing lots of our listeners might have had, but compared to the stuff you discussed in season one, you know, um, the rest of the Pentecostal charismatic community, because to a layperson, that stuff was weird, and this seems like another level. Yeah, this is like a whole n new level, and that's why I kind of feel, Jordan, like— a little, even though I grew up in the church and season one, you know, talking about my experiences with this spiritual movement and the strange things I experienced, you know, that's one thing. Now I feel like I'm nosing around in someone else's business a little bit because it really has evolved in, into something that I'm not even that familiar with. So uh, we really are in season two exploring a new space together because, yeah, there are people who— speak in tongues in the Pentecostal church, dance and shake and fall to the ground, who are pointing at Bethel and going, oh no, you guys took it way too far. So speaking about nosing around in other people's business then, who runs Bethel and what do we know about them? Well, the leader is uh, a guy named Bill Johnson and his wife, Benny, and they are the lead pastors. 
And they've teamed up with uh, longtime friends, uh, Chris Vallotton and his wife, to sort of run the church. But it really does trickle down into a sort of family business. So the Johnsons and the Valentins have grown children who now operate several wings of this multi-million dollar organization, not-for-profit. But, I mean, man, do they know how to— um, really stretch it, this brand. They have uh, Bethel Music, for example, which is one of the most popular worship labels in the world. And their artists make a ton of money. Uh, there's, you know, a, a lot of a lot of finger pointing from people in the community of Reading at these leaders for, um, you know, kind of taking over the town. And that was one of the things that surprised me about season two is that as much as it's about a church— it's about the city that this church seems to be trying to take over. So not-for-profit aside uh, for the moment, though I'm sure uh, people love to debate that, how does a church grow um, from a local church in Reading to this behemoth? Like, uh, I, I don't know how to picture that. Like, how do you how do you do it? Grassroots outreach, marketing campaigns? Well, I mean, you can imagine over time, because of all the claims of miracles and gold dust falling from the sky and all these, you know, supernatural claims, it gets the attention of Christians and even people who aren't Christians who are just, you know, maybe on a spiritual mission, they would come to Reading. So even though it's not somewhere you'd think a tourist would want to take a vacation, people take spiritual vacations to Reading to to go for a conference for a week or even to attend their School of Supernatural Ministry, which is a one to three year program where they train you up in supernatural warfare and, you know, how to heal people on the streets. So they definitely over time have attracted the attention of people all over the world and many of them come and stay and that's how this congregation has grown to be so large. I'm going to take a mini digression here so that you can explain uh, spiritual warfare, I believe you called it. Supernatural warfare? If you believe in the devil and you believe in God, you believe in the forces of good and evil. And in this church, that is magnified. It's not just like, oh, the you know, the, in a normal church, you might just be like, oh, the devil... You know, he tries to make you sin, and it's just very—it's kind of generic compared to what happens. Sure, it's temptation. Yeah, it's temptation. Sure, sure. But at Bethel and in many charismatic churches like this, um, the devil is personified to such an extent that he is like a real being. His demons, his minions um, can take physical form. They can— you know, um, supernaturally tried. They could, like, physically get into your body. So um, the the idea that they would need to fight off these forces is very real to them. So part of that training that they would do is, you know, how to how to pray, what, what words to pray, um, you know, what you need to do in your own Christian life in order to be uh, a servant of God that can cast out these evil spirits and, and demonic things. And that is definitely something that I grew up in. Like the devil was always so, so real for me. And I I, I kind of tipped into it a little bit in season one, but I've got an upcoming episode later in the season for season two that I really dive into more of the dark side of things uh, with the devil and uh, exorcisms and demons and and things like that. And even even though now, even though I'm not a Christian anymore, I actually am like, whoa, should I be doing a podcast about the devil? Am I opening up the door to bad spirit? Like that's still somewhere inside me. 
So what are you trying to determine uh, with season two? You know, what questions are you asking and what answers are you looking for? Because it seems like there's just uh, a never-ending series of phenomenons. Is that the right word? I guess uh, purported phenomenons. Are you trying to prove them real or false? Like, what's the goal? I definitely set it up at the beginning of season two that by the end of the season that I want myself and my listeners to have enough information to form their own opinion on what is going on in this church. Is it just a bunch of Christians who have got weird and it's completely harmless? Is it uh, an accidental cult? Is it a purposeful cult? Is there something nefarious going on here? But what I really do not want to do is— is bang it over the head. Like, let's say, I'm going to tell you that this is a cult and I'm going to prove it to you. That's not what I'm doing. I, I, don't think that's, I don't think that's interesting. I definitely have people as guests this season who, uh, you know, are former graduates, former members of Bethel who do believe that it was a cult and that it's damaging. Uh, but then I've also got people who are still involved with it who say it's the greatest thing that's ever happened to them. And I want to hear everybody out. And then at the end, and I mean... <sighs> It, I haven't written the, the final episode, I'll be honest, because they, this church just keeps making crazy headlines during the pandemic. And that that has been another sort of um, really satisfying part of exploring and researching this church is that I've been doing it during a period of time where the church really feels like um, they are being attacked with, you know, public health orders, wearing masks, shutting down their churches and their abilities to gather and sing and worship. And... Uh, as much as you might, you know, project, oh, Christians are, are kind, loving people who care, down in the States specifically, and especially this is magnified at Bethel, um, they just don't believe the virus is that bad, that dangerous. They think that the masks are just the government trying to muzzle them. Um, and I'm still trying to understand that because I feel like there's a real, just a difference between what I thought Christians would be like and what they're being like. It's uh, it's a little off-putting for me at this point because it was easy in season one. It, it was I was familiar with that world. I could make sense of it in in a way that I can't yet make sense of what's happening at Bethel. It is uh, it's incredibly sh- incredibly shocking. So tell me more about Bethel and the pandemic, and you know the power they wield in their own community, but also uh, beyond that. Religion is a real lobby in the United States. Yeah, and I mean, I had no idea when I first started, that you know, researching and exploring Bethel for season two that it was going to get so political. Uh, it's something that at first I was definitely kind of uncomfortable with. I'm like, I'm not a, I'm not a serious newsy journalist. How am I going to reflect this? But this is what is palpable and real about this church. I'm I'm finding direct connections right to the wet White House to to President Donald Trump, who at the time of my, uh, you know, initial part of the exploration was still in office. Um, there's also, you know, large groups of people connected to Bethel across the whole country who are joining together and having these massive worship events where they are floating public health orders in a way where they'll they'll sing in each other's faces and, and hug each other just to prove, like, God will protect us from this virus. Will he, though? Even some Christians who believe that there's a God don't go that far. Can you explain um, how the people inside the church view themselves? Because again, this is what I found fascinating about season one is it was an exploration of where the belief comes from, 
rather than which side is right and which side is wrong. I have uh, my own opinions on this, which we're not going to get into. But when you talk to people, <laughs> when you talk to people inside the church, what's their goal? Well, there's a lot of theology involved in that answer, and this is where Bethel really has taken, um, you know, sort of doctrine from the church that I'm familiar with and really elevated it into something new. And it's definitely something that I delicately unpack so that we can all understand it in the season. But they really believe that um, in order for Jesus to return and gather up all the Christians and take them to heaven, this sort of day in the future that they've been, you know, prophesying about, you know, for hundreds of years, um, they believe that the more that they pray for people and heal people and worship God, that the sooner that will happen. So they are, they believe that that's what they were placed on earth to do. And so there is an incredible amount of uh, pressure on their shoulders, I think, to do these things. And that's why it's become, become so overwhelming. It is all consuming for the people who are involved. And just like whatever your opinions are in the church, Jordan, and you believe that they're right, it's something that, you know, we've all sort of deconstructed what we believe as we get older, um, if we bother to care about that kind of thing. You know, they believe they are right, and it is incredibly important for them to to do these things that we're looking at going, that's weird. Have the people in charge at the church spoken to you for the podcast? I've definitely been in touch with uh, a guy named Aaron, who's their communications director at Bethel. And, um, you know, I'm really clear with people, whoever I talk to, you know, here's here's my podcast. Here's where I come from. I let them know, hey, I am not a Christian. This is not a Christian podcast. But whoever joins me, I treat them with respect. I I enjoy hearing people talk about, you know, that they believe they're dog was healed from cancer or that they prayed for a goldfish and it came alive again. Like, I find these stories really interesting. I also find, you know, the people telling them and wanting to dig deeper into their lives interesting um, as well. And the people at Bethel that I've spoken with have definitely been um, really kind with me. He sort of dangles high-profile interviews in front of me for a while, but it's never, it hasn't come to fruition yet. But again, that's why I'm so glad right now that as this season two uh, develops, um, I have the chance to to potentially talk to some people who are who are higher up there. So I'm sort of <laughs> I'm sort of tempted by the emails that he sent me, but you know I'm also scared at the same time. Are they all of a sudden going to try to shut shut me down somehow? Are they going to be upset by the fact that I'm nosing around in their business? But so far, um, they've been pretty open to, to to what I've put out so far. And I do have as well members of the church, um, not high-profile leaders, but members of the church who are on the podcast. So that's definitely reflected in their voice. I was going to ask you, are you worried at all um, as you do this? You know, religion is a really controversial topic in the United States right now. Americans are especially some of the uh, more hardcore religious extremists, and I'm not necessarily saying these people are them, but, you know, there's— there's guns and there's violence and there's certainly a lot of, you know, internet harassment. Yeah, I think I would feel—I definitely am on edge about it. 
Um, not like that I'm physically, gonna, you know, not that someone's going to— Yeah, I shouldn't have necessarily said guns, but you know you know the mentality that I'm, I'm referring to. Yes, I do know, and that is very much alive and well within this church and is, you know, developing as we speak as they get more and more upset that, um, you know, because they are very Republican. Um, they are incredibly threatened by Biden taking power right now. So there is a rise amongst even people within this church. Um, one leader just recently— um, you know, he went on another podcast and said, we may need to grab our guns, Christians. We may need to fight this in a way that we've never fought before for our rights, for our religious freedoms. Um, I'm hoping that f- for, for me, and this is the feedback I'm getting even from people in Reading after I've just released a few episodes, is it's interesting for them to hear an outsider's point of view. So, and it's also not, again, it's not this podcast. If you're looking for somebody that's going to just absolutely trash this church and just rip it to shreds, this isn't the podcast for you. It's a thoughtful and curious examination of something weird and really controversial. That was going to be one of my last questions is, you know, season one, you made such a point, you know, not to judge, but to explore um, and not to come down on one side or another. How is that possible in this season when we get to the public health stuff and the really weird behaviors and the, you know, like you just said, we may have to grab our guns and fight. Like, there doesn't seem to be two sides to that, at least to me. Right. Well, I mean, one thing that I've I've sort of come to the conclusion about is there's no rule about me as a creator and host of a podcast that I have to be um, non-biased or I I can say whatever I want, right? So, I mean, even though I maybe walk the line and stay objective when it comes to, you know, what you believe and why you believe, when it comes to, like, pandemic-y stuff, like, I feel very— and also, like, mask stuff and the public health orders. Like, I'm going, this seems completely dangerous and unnecessary that you're gathering for church and flouting these these rules. Like, I'm not afraid to say that. You know, I'm also not afraid um, to talk about how harmful I think that their anti-LGBTQ um, messages are in this church and how damaging it is for for young gay people in their in their community hearing these messages. There's some things that I like. I have to absolutely say I draw a line. This is where I stand. Where's this season going to end up, and what should people be looking for if they're going to start listening now? Well, you're gonna you're gonna start off where I started off, which was last summer, sitting down in my office in Vancouver during the pandemic, like all locked in when we weren't going anywhere, and starting to explore this church. And again, during the peak of the first wave of the pandemic, so I, I kind of did this by accident, but it seems like every episode sort of covers a different month, and then then I move ahead. And as much as I've been shocked by the ongoing headlines that this church makes, and not just locally in Reading, like national news headlines, I think my listeners will um, be shocked as well and delighted in the journey. Because again, I'm not ripping it to shreds. It is a curious and just really fascinating look at, at, at this church. TJ, I can't wait to hear where it ends up. Uh, thank you for doing this and good luck. <laughs> thank you so much, Jordan. Tara Jean Stevens creator of Heaven Bent, which you can find on FrequencyPodcastNetwork.com or, of course, wherever you get your podcasts. Just like this one, which you can also find at TheBigStoryPodcast.ca. Take our survey while you're there. 
You can talk to us on Twitter at TheBigStoryFPN. You can write to us with email. We're TheBigStoryPodcast, all one word, all lowercase, at rci.rogers.com. And you can rate us and review us in any podcast app that allows you to do that sort of thing. We read every one. We would very much appreciate hearing from you. Stephanie Phillips, Claire Broussard, and Ryan Clark produce this podcast. I just talk on it. Thanks for listening. I'm Jordan Heath-Rawlings. We'll speak Monday.